Welcome to the five of us. We are five outspoken women with close to 150 years of experience as broadcast journalists. We left our jobs on the very same day and we are dedicated to helping women avoid the many pitfalls common to the workplace. We've heard from hundreds of people recounting tales of woe on the job, and we have done the research, we're putting it all in a book, and we are here to help. I'm Roma Tori, and along with Kristen Shaughnessy, Janine Ramirez, Vivian Lee, and Amanda Farinacci, we are the five of us. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Um, ageism, that is the topic we discuss quite ad nauseum, but we have a different spin on it uh, for this episode. It is considered the last acceptable ism in this country because it is a prejudice that is deeply ingrained in so many of us and it cuts across gender and uh, cultural lines. But while women seem to bear the worst of it as they get older, when it comes to women in leadership positions, they're essentially screwed no matter their age. Older women are often put out to pasture, as we know, once they hit their 60s, regardless of their track records. Younger women, though, are deemed too inexperienced to hold the same leadership positions that would go to men at the same age. And when it comes to middle-aged women in their 40s and 50s, there's a double whammy. They're perceived to be too distracted by family responsibilities to focus on their job demands. And there is an assumption, and here we go, ladies, menopause will make them less productive. Oy vey, right? <laughs> you do, you just want to scream. The Harvard Business Review wrote about all of this, laying out the issues and offering some suggestions to combat the stigma women face in leadership positions. And the article managed to coin some terms like, okay, this is kind of cool, gendered oldism. <laughs> so uh, I want to start with you, Amanda. You're the youngest among us. I don't know if you've ever, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm going to kind of let you off the hook here because I know a lot of younger women look at older women and think uh, they're taking my place mm -hmm. and I could do a better job and they're you know, they should be put out to pasture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's ever been your experience, but it is obvious that yeah. women at my age yeah. have a harder time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think that, to your point about all of this, um, there is like no good age to be a woman, right? Like, <laughs> right? There's Bingo. like, right? It's like you're either too young, you're you're too involved with your family, and then you're too old, and then it's over, right? Like, um, so it's what what winds up happening for women once they get to a certain age is they the words start coming out like you're outdated and you just don't get it and and you're you're harpy and you're strident and you're rather than like the, the gravitas that you always like to talk about men as they age right like it's it's men are um fine wine and they're so. just distinguished right and they're just growing into their looks and you know I, there's just so much there but but professionally what winds up happening for women is as they get older there's they're despite the fact that they are at the prime of their lives professionally because now they've accumulated all of this institutional knowledge and education and experience, um, they're seen as not valuable mm. and not relevant and somehow outside of the most relevant conversations that take place in the workplace as they get older. Um, and, it, and it's really hard, I think, because... Um, Yes, I. To your point, have have I ever looked at somebody older than me and been like, hmm? Of course, I would be lying if I'd said that that wasn't that I hadn't had that experience. Of course, I have. Um, but I know that people are looking at me that way mm. right now, right? Like, hmm. Like she's. What is she doing here? You know what I mean? Like, I know that I've had that experience on the other side of it. Um, 
I think what's interesting about all of this is that it really does have an effect on the workplace, right? Like, because there are jobs for which a woman with her umpteenth years of experience would be uniquely qualified for and probably distinctly and specifically qualified, and the woman is just not getting the promotion and it's going to a man of the same age, mm -hmm. which is really just infuriating, right? Because it's like the double-edged sword of this, right? Where there's no right age to be a woman, but there are so many great ages to be a man, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So much <laughs> it's just amazing. It's, we, you know, we talked about this um, on a different episode. Um, there was one social media post that I saw that I thought was so, it would resonate so well with this, is like, uh, I think it was like Reese Witherspoon, and it said, you are exactly the right age. Yeah. And I was thinking, who is she talking to, yeah. right? Like, because, you know, for, for us, right, I'm, I'm mid-40s, I'm 44. I feel I'm in a good age at this moment, um, but I'm so aware of what, I, of what I'm in for, and I know what I've, I've been perceived as, as a younger person person, um, that it all is sort of unsettling um, where, it's, where it's going professionally for women. So um, this was a good, um, I think, article, and it's a good topic, but I, I stick to my, my first truth, which is really there's no good age to be a woman. And I don't know how we survive that. You know, I know we're doing it. We're doing it by having these conversations, but it's, not, it's definitely not an easy space to exist. Yeah, I've always wondered, what is it, though, about older women that men find so difficult to work with? You know, and, and when women get to be, like, my age, they don't want to hear. First of all, they don't, they don't want to be told anything. And I'm thinking, do they, like, do they see women like their mothers who are, like, yelling at them or their wives who are nagging at them, you know? And we used to say that in the news business, the... I forget it was if it was you, Kristen, who pointed it out. Yeah. When um, you know, the fact that the trend in, in the news business is to hire young, very pretty women to be the newscasters or the news anchors, and it's because the men in charge are looking for their second wives, right? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, or looking out for their daughters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it just it seems so unfair. But now, okay, so let's move on. <laughs> now there's this other term, gendered youngism, and Vivian, I'm going to leave this one to you because um, you would think, okay, so older women don't make good leaders or can't, I'm sorry, I take that back. Older women do make good leaders, but it's, they're perceived as not being good leaders. And young women, same situation, but a different dynamic. They're mm -hmm. objectified. Mm -hmm. That's their problem, mm -hmm. isn't it? So that article from in Harvard Business Review um, touched on some things that I not only experienced, but was guilty of employing myself. Okay, so like, just, to, just to start off with, the two terms that came out that kind of encapsulated my experiences, lookism and role incredulity. So the first one is where your appearance automatically, subjectively, um, backfires on you as a young woman. Uh, you look too young, so you're automatically not assigned um, a position of responsibility or decision making. Um, and then role incredulity is kind of, it dovetails with that phenomenon where women of almost any age are not considered to be in charge. For me personally, I, I managed to get a, primetime anchoring, news anchoring position um, in a small market in Canada, medium-sized market, um, and I remember it was a startup station and we had to do a round of press uh, news, like news conferences to kind of market the fact that we were about to get on air, we're going from black to on air, and the incredulity that at 21 turning 22, I could be a mm. primetime news anchor after experience in at least two other markets across Canada was palpable. And I remember feeling it, I remember um, doing things such as cutting my hair shorter, trying to look older, wearing more jewelry, wearing more makeup, all of those things to try and address 
what I felt was not being discussed. And then fast forward decades later, and I was in my first, um, in, in the examination room meeting a specialist, a health specialist for the first time, and I knew it was a woman. I, I was actually looking for a female practitioner, but she walked in, and it was during COVID, so we we're both wearing masks, and she was the third person to walk in. I assumed she was another assistant to take, oh, yeah, you know, blood you pressure, temperature, mm -hmm. whatever. And she goes, hi, I'm Dr. X. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that was my reaction. And I immediately felt badly about it because we were already discussing our ageism, sexism uh, experiences by then. I should have known better. Mm -hmm. And I tried to recover as best I could by not denying it, but by owning it and just saying, I am so sorry. You must get that all the time. And she was like, yes, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. <laughs> I'm learning to live with it. And she turned out to be the best practitioner. She left a couple years later, and I have not found one to match her since. Mm -hmm. So, you know, big lesson for me. Women do have to work harder to prove themselves in, uh, particularly, I guess, in leadership positions. But if there's, a, you know, sort of a positive way to look at it for younger women, if they're really, really good at their job, um, considering that the expectations are so low, um, they're going to shine. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if, if the guys, <laughs> if the guys who are their bosses um, have, you know, are are good judges of character, and, mm -hmm. um, and if they're not objectifying them, which unfortunately does seem but to be the case. as an anchor, I always felt that pressure. Like I want, you know, I, I got into this business and I started reporting, I'm like, ooh, to look like an anchor, I need to look like 30. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. I was like, like 24, right. 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 right? So like I felt like, oh wait, if I look 30, then right. that's sort of like a, a, an appropriate age to look mm -hmm. as a sort of presenter sort of anchor position. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think about past 30. <laughs> I, think, I think that once I got hit 30, I'm good. But then I didn't think about 40, 50. I didn't think about the rest of like, it. I don't think about 50 and 60 because it usually doesn't happen. Right, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. Then usually yeah. not. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist. Right. right. But I re remember thinking, oh, if I look 30, I could probably get a chance to anchor. <laughs> and then at some point, you, you cross some invisible boundary and you're trying to look younger. You're yes. changing your. Your makeup yeah. shades. You're, you're changing the dresses <laughs> that you wear, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. There's no Such sweet spot, it. right? Yeah. Because you know, at some point, you think you're too young to do the job of a news anchor, and then all of a sudden, you you cross that line, and now you're too old, and nobody <laughs> wants to see you on the air. So, and yet yeah. you're as as good as you ever were. Yeah, if not if better. If not best, better. The best that you yeah, were. Yeah, better. Right. Yeah, better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We use news anchor, I think, just because it's a visible role. Yeah. But it happens in all industries. We should just say that because it is. women yeah. everywhere are dealing with They're it. They're judged just, just the, the same way. You can see it happening before your very eyes on right. television. Right, yeah. right. So. Well, so speaking of sweet spots, you would think, okay, so when you're old, you're you're disregarded, right? And when you're young, people think you can't ha hack the job because you're too young. So you would think, okay, middle age, there's the sweet spot, and yet it doesn't work that way. In yeah. fact, it, it could be even worse, the right? The same study Kristen? found it's no better yeah. than at your older and Amazing. younger counterparts. So, and I, I think this is, you know, I remember when Jamie and Kara both were graduating from high school and talking to a lot of women who had left the workforce in their 30s because they were going to raise their kids at home. And then now they're trying to get back into the workforce, and we're finding it impossible. A, they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do, sort of rediscover themselves. Like, there's all that that you're going through as a woman, too. And then who's going to hire them? Well, it turns out it's not easy to get hired in your 40s. There was a search committee that was in the study, and they said that they told people, uh, described how some search committees chose not to hire women in their 40s, late 40s, because there's too much family responsibility, 
and impending menopause. Ugh. I would argue there isn't as much. Your kids are sort of largely grown for many women at that point. There is no better time that you have to work, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are, you've raised your kids. You know, I mean, there's people who have kids, you know, you have young kids still. Mm -hmm. But they're fairly independent. Yeah. And I just think it's such a misclassification of women right. and what we can do. And you have more experience at that point, but it is not, they're saying that, I'll give you some of the, you want some of the quotes mm. that really get Amanda fired up? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Still other committees said that women in their 50s and 60s may have not have aged well and do not look vital. Oh, do you look dead? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. Yet the jobs were given to similarly aged men. Men. Right. right. And then. Don't women have longer lifespans? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they multitask, right? And they can focus better. Your grandmothers live past 100. That's what I mean. Like, yes. what are you talking about? Uh, I know. They don't look vital. Um, and then it said, in our They're search, past their prime. we found yeah. no age was the right age to be a female leader. Just backing yeah. up your point there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then in pending menopause, we did a whole podcast on this. Yeah. And now we're seeing a lot of stuff on menopause. People are finally talking about it. But women have dealt with menopause for years. Yeah. And... I don't know. I, I don't know how to, unless we keep talking about it and keep, you know, people talk. Women say, I'm trying to look for a job. You got to hire these people. Like, mm. I, I don't know. I think part of the I problem is. I don't know what is, the answer is. Like, they don't have to hire them, but. I think the menopause thing is, is a huge, yeah. that's a huge factor. If, if HR departments across the country began to see this as a worker productivity issue and how much money is being lost by not addressing right. the needs of women of a certain age so that they can address what feels like a slow motion train wreck in reverse, mm -hmm. right? Like it's like puberty, you're always like thinking forward and you just like keep on building on how you're developing mentally, emotionally and physically. Menopause tends to strike when you're mentally like at your peak, peak. Yeah. but your body is saying, eh, no, you know, you're still tied to like your animal self and we're going to start to like shut down the factory and roll things back. But there are so many ways to address that now. There we are. know so much more about our health. But employers are just saying it's cheaper to just not have mm. them in the workforce at all. So we'll just get rid of them. And there has to be a change in mindset. How you change that mindset Except for just keep calling it out. I don't know how you education, do that. Education, education. Yeah. And lost investment. You've yeah. invested in these women. Right. In their careers for and they're years. Good at their jobs. So why would you yeah. just want them to walk away with it? Yeah. Mm. But it goes back to what we always say. Somebody has to give up a seat at the table for a woman or a person, you know, a person of color or a person of different religion, lived experience, to get that seat. And nobody wants to give up their seat of power. Yeah. Well, we've said that too. I mean, th that good old boys club that yeah. you know men look after each other, not necessarily for the women in their crowd. Uh, I mean, in, in their workplace, women still have to learn to do that too. Yeah, and yeah. Women, women don't. Right. They don't do that. There, there's some kind of psychological thing going on. I, I, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an analyst here, but um, isn't it true that? There is this belief or this theory that women are just born to compete with other, or bred to compete with other women for the attention of the male, whereas men are more, can be more collegial, you know? And I, I'm, I there's think a whole psychology to make a, behind that. I think you have to make a concerted effort to say you're not going to be like that. Right. I mean, we've had, you know, we've stories of just horrible female bosses, right? Yeah, right? But you don't have to be a horrible female mm. boss. You can actually raise people up, men and women. Like, it doesn't have to just be like, I'm only going to protect my sex. Like, just, if they're qualified, help them out. Yeah, you I, know? I couldn't agree more. Men or women, but it, it's just, it's right. well, too that, many...
that article bosses are getting to the top. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we got to change that. Yeah. I mean, the article did talk about some uh, tips and pieces of advice that they they have and some remedies. What what do you have on that end, Janine? Well, they um, the article says that age diversity in the workplace is one possible solution. Have right, like mm -hmm. among all ranks, yeah. different ages, gender diversity, another solution. Um, it says diversity in the leadership teams actually leads to higher performance overall, but especially in challenging situations, crisis uh, time, crunch time, diversity really mm -hmm. lends itself to, to, to thrive in that. Um, higher earning potentials, and which helps keep employees incentivized, right? If you have this diverse and people are making money mm -hmm. on all different levels. And it helps keep staffing levels, levels stable, so there's less turnover as well. So, you know, the advice to employers, um, according to this article, is like, recognize your bias. Mm -hmm. Recognize it. Like, see it, your bias messaging, and there's a lot of messaging. It could be like, it's not usually written mm -hmm. <laughs> messaging, but visually, you, if you look at your, with the staff of your, um, what your staff looks like, Take, take a you know take a note that that that's what the messaging you're putting out there is like who's at the top who's at the bottom who's you know um, address the bias you know this whole the look the looks thing the lookism you, you, you talked about it um, you know you have a, you should have a diverse staff that's not based on looks like mm -hmm. right yeah. like all this this is what this level right. looks like and this was what this <laughs> level looks like and a lot of places it's like obvious yeah mm -hmm. it's obvious and so you really have to kind of like audit that a little bit um and you know because especially with the women who feel this pressure to look young and look attractive all the time like make sure if you have people in all different you know body types mm -hmm. too like at, at different levels um and so the promotion should be based on ability and not what you look like mm -hmm. Um, focus on the skills and not the stereotypes about um, a generation's ability, right? That the 20s, you know, they are too young and inexperienced. Middle age, you have too much going on at home that you can't pay attention. Um, the older, you can't adapt. Like, get rid of all those stereotypes. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, the way to do that is just to diversify all levels. Um, and also, you know, having cross generations on teams together to collaborate together. Like the young people learn from the older people, the older people learn from the younger yeah. people. Everybody's sort of, so if you kind of create these teams, this cross sort of crossover, um, then you're not separating them. It's not a divide and conquer kind of uh, mentality. It's more like collaborate on all those different levels. And you know, you'll get better work relationships. They may get friendships out of it. You get mentoring out of it. There's like all sorts of um, enhanced performance values. If you, you know. To that note, I, I think, yes, corporations have a responsibility or companies, but also everyone as an individual has a responsibility to seek people out who are from different backgrounds than you and learn about them mm -hmm. and, and see how they perceive issues because that's the only way you can really learn. I mean, it depends on your experience. You're going to have a much different reaction to certain happenings and it's important to to know that yeah. and and to say stop living in your bubble and well, you know, Kristen, something else you, you just reminded me of, I and mean, you've always said this, look at the top of any company, see who's, you know, running mm -hmm. things, who's pulling the strings and um, oftentimes, if, if it's you know, exclusively male or almost all male and often white male, you know you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. Also, where are they based? You know, or um, if they have a woman or a person of color, it's usually like as a in token. the diversity department, as a like token. you know, the chief of diversity or the um, human resources yeah, or something yeah. like that. And you know. you know, considering young people now are are so particular about where they work, you know, they should do 
due diligence, look at who's running their company, yeah. and if that's yeah. what they see, maybe they're going to have second thoughts. You know, yeah. and but you just got to like, mix it up. To like bring it full circle, I was thinking while you guys were talking that when I had my first internship, I worked with a reporter who called me kiddo for yeah. the entire duration of wow. my yeah. career, my internship. Did, let me ask you, back then, how did you feel back then? I was like deferential because he was a superior and I just was like a yeah. student and then I was like whatever. And then I continued in my professional career and became a reporter and he still called me kiddo. Yeah. And like recently ran into him again and he called me kiddo <gasps> in front of people who were like my superiors and for whom like it just was not appropriate. Yeah, not he's anymore. maybe ten years older than me yeah. or whatever. And I think he just got it in his head that like I was just always the intern. Meanwhile, I've I've, I've come a long Obviously. way since then. It's <laughs> yeah. been like twenty four years. Like yeah. so, one of the um, the men that I was with looked at him and said, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> yeah, and really? I felt I felt good about that, um, but I felt also like irritated that it took another man to say to yeah. say to him like because I, you know I I was just like why are you, why do you keep saying that yeah. like why are you I'm not anybody's kiddo anymore. My, mm -hmm. Like my I don't have a grandfather, but like if I did, my grandpa could call me like kiddo. You know right. what I mean? Like there's like some level of like. But but professionally, it was such a, yeah. it, it really irritated yeah, me. Of course. And and then on the other side of it. Um, Wait, did he get it? Did he understand? He yeah. laughed did it he back off. off? Like no. Okay. Uh, he, I mean, I haven't seen him. And since, you're not so. close enough. enough right. And I'm not gonna. You're gonna forgive him. Yeah, I'm just. It's sort of, not a term I, of endearment. Right. I have an opinion of him that okay. I've had for a long time. Okay. And so <laughs> I hope he's watching you know, and listening. Yeah. It's, so I'm just okay. <laughs> you're like like okay. But but I mean that's a real thing because it's been it's been 25 years since since I was anybody's intern for anything you know I, right. like and and then on the other side of it is is um you know and, and like where i'm where i'm working now like i am definitely on the on the older side mm -hmm. in in some ways i'm i'm very young because <laughs> for from people who are right? old right, right? <laughs> but, you know, but, but, but you know this is what i'm saying this right. is why it's such a like I, if i could curse here i would like it's such an f you right like it's because there's just no there's nowhere in that we can exist, me, that feels like this is, ex I'm sitting at this table, I feel like where I'm supposed to be. But like yeah. professionally, um, it's it's just a hard spot. It's, there's just really no sweet spot, no. really. Because yeah. it's either you're, you're, too, you're too old, you're too yeah. young, you're an idiot, or, you're too, or you like your kids too much. <laughs> like that's <laughs> right. Like because that's you spend the other too part. much time with your kids. Right. Like that's the other part that yeah. comes up. Right. Like yeah. it's yeah. like oh maybe Amanda could do this, but oh she has she, oh she likes to kick, she likes to take her kids to soccer practice. <laughs> or you got those you know, hot flashes oh, and yeah. you can't or, bear to right, work with you. Right. It's it's tough. <laughs> it's just a tough. So yeah. No. Well, you know, I, I have an extension to your story um, for the book that we're working on. I had interviewed a, a woman who's you know got a, a high level job in an academic setting and. She had told me that uh, when she was coming up through the ranks, and you know, she's got PhDs and all this, so she's you know very qualified. She had a mentor um, who was an older man, not much older, but older than her, and you know, she used to you know seek out his advice and and um, his opinion on things. And she kept climbing the ladder, and this guy was getting lazier and lazier and lazier as he got older. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess there was a tenured situation, and he couldn't, you know, it wasn't like anybody was going to get rid of him. So at some point, she was promoted to be his boss. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, she said, he was impossible to work with. Mm -hmm. He challenged her at every step and tried to humiliate her in meetings and you know said you don't know what you're talking about even though obviously she did yeah. and the problem was you know it was it's a corporate setting where they were working and she didn't know quite how to complain about it cuz she she didn't you know want to look like a whiner 
But when she did a finally, woman, finally, <laughs> finally, yes, yeah. and there's that other stereotype. Yeah. And she went up to HR, and you know, they said, "There's you two have to work it out. Go talk to him. You figure mm -hmm. it out." They they could not touch this guy. So um, to this day, she's had to deal with this, you know, very difficult thorn in her side who just yeah. won't leave her alone mm -hmm. and wants to make her look bad um, so that he can elevate his his own standing in the in the company or in the in the workplace so you know I mean well, this, at some this point, is what that may become harassment right yeah well <laughs> uh, you know that's a good question yeah. I mean, what it is. is you know yeah. how far do you go right you know in terms of um, uh, advice you know I, I remember hearing about a, a young woman and you, you were talking about the doctor who introduced herself as doctor so-and-so and you didn't realize one piece of advice a, a young woman had for other women leaders uh, in similar situations when they look way too young to hold the positions that they're in they introduce themselves as saying hi I'm so-and-so the managing director you know give your title mm -hmm. as soon as it was in yeah. the doctor's case it's easy but mm -hmm. you know for other women it might be a little awkward yeah. but you should do it anyway because at least that you know that establishes who you are mm. so like you could have you yeah. know in your yes. meeting said I'm yes. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm in charge <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boss here yeah. don't let you need me. a quote from yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's well, and what do you guys think about wardrobe um you know it, we we were talking about you know women looking like a boss you know what the hell is that you know and men have the advantage of wearing a suit and a tie so there's no you know doubt that you know whatever it is that they, they're in a supervisory position if they're the right. bosses women on the other hand oh look at hillary clinton she tried to wear that that power suit all the time and i mean she was made fun of all the time like oh hillary in the pantsuit the pantsuit the pantsuit <laughs> yeah. like well, you know oh, you're there was a female either. boss one time were great outfits and just it was like all you'd hear is her skirts too short yeah. or and she looked great but there was a lot of commenting about her outfits as opposed mm. to her ability and she was very able yeah and that's just another thing you have to contend with yeah you're either a so. sex kitten or an yeah. old maid <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> there's there's no nothing middle. in between and that's that's the other problem so um we don't have a lot of time but um can you guys think of any kind of advice you would give to a young when we have some young women here manning the cameras, yes, <laughs> which are terrible. And we're saying manning the cameras, <laughs> womaning the cameras. <laughs> um, I say um, own your age and speak it loudly. I, yes. I think because until we start doing that, I don't know what changes, right? Every, we're always trying to hide our age. Stop. Yeah. It, you know, that would be my thing. Uh, good for you. I think uh, also your internal language and your external language, um, how you talk to yourself is going to be reflected in how you talk about uh, others, like my implicit bias showed with, <laughs> with this uh, doctor when she walked into the room and, and um, I, it's hard. I mean, I fail most of the time, but I do try to stop myself from saying things like, um, um, oh, I'm dating myself, you know, stuff like that. Where, <laughs> where okay, it, you can say it, it. I guess you can, but I, I also feel like... Um, You're only, dating yourself. <laughs> but only people of a certain age say that, right? So right. Uh, for, for younger women, um, gosh, I mean, these days, um, what's appropriate to say or not say, like ladies, like referring to a group of women as ladies is apparently now starting to become mm. less and mm. less acceptable. Mm. Oh, that's a little much. What well, do you think you, you, you are? Like, yeah, everyone. Like, everyone uh, is uh, a really nice neutral uh, way. So, like, the idea of trying <laughs> to go more neutral if there's a neutral option, like, mm. just, again, practice doing that. Mm. Yeah. Anybody else got any thoughts? I think at any age, 
you should really just try to learn from each other. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot to learn. Yes. In every in every like, you know, yeah. decade, right? The twenties can learn from the fifties, the fifties can learn from the thirties, the thirties can learn from the forties, like because because there's a whole decade of experience there or non-experience, right. but but they come with a different knowledge. Even if they don't have a lot of work experience, they come with a whole different social yeah. knowledge, right? The younger yeah. group. I learn that, from my girls all the time. Right, yeah, right? that you can yeah. learn a lot yeah. from, yes. Yeah. Or how about like even saying, like, I could learn a lot from you. What do you think about this? Mm -hmm. If right. you automatically give that deference to mm -hmm. the person that you're dealing with, no matter what their age, younger or older, then you, you automatically open the door for more exchange mm -hmm. to happen, yeah. more collaboration. Right. Yeah, and ask questions. Yeah. yeah. More of anybody. Yeah. Of anybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Shouldn't be anybody's kiddo. <laughs> That's your advice. My Don't advice. call anybody kiddo. Don't call ever. me kiddo. Don't call me. <laughs> Except your own kiddos. <laughs> well, maybe at my age, you know, when, yeah. when you're on Medicare, if someone calls you kiddo, it's kind oh. of a compliment. <laughs> right. But that's All like when you get older and they call you cute. Yeah, no, so, yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Or spunky. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, no, I, like, I, let's I, eliminate all these words. It's yeah. not bad. It's just yeah. bad. Yeah. All right. Well, you know how I always end with a, with yeah. a quote, and uh, this one's short and sweet. Um, Stop wearing your wishbone where your backbone ought to be. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? Mm -hmm. um, and that was Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. You know, oh. right. she knows what she's talking about. So anyway, that was that. Was that. Thanks, guys. It was a good conversation. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Five of Us. We want to hear from you with any questions, ideas, or suggestions for future discussions. Just write to us at the email you see here, and we will be eager to help. Talk to you next time.